0: Well, I want to share with you some thoughts as we finish our our series today. We've we've been doing three weeks. This is the fourth and final week, part four, on the renewed mind. Praise God. Romans chapter 12, if you'd be so kind as our theme verse, if you'd turn there with me. Romans chapter 12, amen. And verse one, praise the Lord. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or spiritual worship. the first thing God asks you before He even asks for your mind is He asks for your body. Your body doesn 't feel like waking up in the morning to pray, but when you wake up and you push yourself, remember to say this out or whether you say it or not, remember in your heart what you 're doing by that action is you 're saying, father i 'm presenting myself." Yes. I can't tell you, I'm not a morning person by nature, but, but I, I, I force myself. And sometimes I feel so tired, Vita. I just, I just feel like, I just, there's no way God could expect this of me. This is not right. I mean, anyone ever felt that way? You just feel so tired. But the thought comes to me, which really, it's not just the iron will that I'm, what I say as I'm sitting as I'm lying there so tired, I say, Father, I present my body to you as worship now because sometimes it takes a little bit of effort to do certain things that your body doesn't want to do. My mind wants to pray, but my body is tired. Do you understand? And your body can be tired. You know, there's, and I'm just giving you one example, but there's many things that God asks. You know, you, you may say, well, well I, I don't mind serving, but I just don't feel like making the effort and getting in the car and going down and serving. But when you come to Ministry of Helps, you say, Father, I'm presenting my body to you as worship. Let you let my body be used to serve the kingdom of God. Let my body be used to pray. And then there's natural things like when you go to the gym and when you watch your diet and when you when you're treating your body right. You know, I was there last week and I I really didn't feel like going. And I heard the Holy Spirit remind me of this verse, even me. And I'm preaching it, Jenny. But he said, you know, when you go there and I remember Brother Copeland said he hated going to the gym and he would say all the time, I hate this. And he said, you know, I was having what I said. And he said, the Lord started saying, why don't you start saying, I enjoy going to the gym. And why don't you start and your heart saying, Lord, as I do this physical act, nothing to do with the ministry, nothing to do with the gospel, but doing it for my health, because this is the only shell I have to get through to the rapture. And as you're doing it, say, Father, I'm worshiping you. This act of exercise is actually a worship to you because I'm treating the shell that you gave me right. I'm presenting my body and I'm telling you, it'll help you. Are you listening to me? It'll help you. It's helping me. Praise God. It's helping me. I want it to help you. The first thing God asks for from us, obviously, is our spirits, because he wants us to be born again. That's in your spirit, man. But your mind still thinks the weird thoughts you thought before you were saved. Your lust, your, your flesh, your old nature still wants to do the awful things before that you did before you got saved you still want to cuss the way you did before you still want to do things addictions and, and and look at things and talk about things and you know there's lots of things that don't get saved when you get born again your whole thought process doesn't get saved and your body doesn't get saved but your spirit man is new Now, if you will get into the word of God, which will strengthen your spirit and will wash your mind, all those old things, old thinking, old desires, old nature, old carnal stuff, behaviors, addictions, wrong speaking, wrong thinking over time. And it takes time so cut yourself some slack over time. It will change. We watch people come. And they're so squirrely in certain areas of their thinking and just six months under the word And I may not even be completely teaching what they're squirrely about but just the word itself Washing them by sitting under that office that impartation Romans 1 11 that I may see you and impart to you The impartation doesn't just come by the laying on of hands It comes by just sitting in the same room where an office where God has asked you to submit to not just any office But the office where God has connected you when you're just there and that anointing is wafting over you And that word is wafting over you whether it's about exactly what you're struggling with or not It will start to impart and change you it takes time to change your mind, but your mind will change. One lady yesterday said to me, Pastor, and I've known this lady. I won't say her name. I don't know if she wants me to say it, but I've known her for a long time. And she's had a lot of tests and trials in her life. She's had a lot of heartbreak in her life. She's had a lot of things with her, with her marriage and with her children that have been very, very hard. By anyone's standards, they've been hard. And, and, and I've known her for a long time, even before we planted this church. And I just felt prompted to say to her, I, I just want to thank you for your faithfulness. You've been a faithful person over the years, even though your life has been very challenging. You know what she said? She said, Pastor, she said, I am so different today than when I was when I came to this church. And I know why, but I like to get people to say it. So I said, why? She said, just sitting under the word. Just learning that I've got dominion. Just learning I don't have to think any little thought that shows up. I don't have to put up with whatever devil suggests. I don't have to put up with poverty and sickness and fear and torment. Just learning who I am in Christ has changed my life. There's nothing that pleases a pastor or Jesus, the chief pastor, more than seeing people that are bearing fruit and fruit that remains. Your changed mind is bearing fruit. Coming in hating somebody of a different skin color. And then over time realizing that we celebrate the diversities amongst us. Praise God. Coming in having a certain concept about money and the church only wants my money and, and they're just after my money And then realizing tithing is a covenant that is an honor to the father and, and then you wash your mind and you go. Oh, I never saw that before Coming in hurt by a previous pastor with all the walls up and you're mr Porcupine and you prickly because you don't want to be hurt again And over time trust starts to form and build and the word washes you and heals you and corrects you And then now you're not mr. Porcupine do you understand? Notice I said, Mr. Porcupine, not Mrs. Because, uh, you know, the lady's offended. Pray, praise God. Hallelujah. It takes time to change. Pastor Nancy said, if you can just corral them, just get them in the same place and just get them to stay. You, anybody can change no matter what's going on with their life. Praise God. Hallelujah. We had a person that was a prostitute And into strong, heavy witchcraft. I mean, deep, deep, deep black magic witchcraft and a prostitute come into the church and God started to change them. And I would meet with them with my wife and we would counsel because with all the abuse that they had gone through, can you imagine what a prostitute goes through? With all the abuse, the mental torment, the physical abuse, the sexual abuse and all the witchcraft and all the lies and all the darkness and all the demons, it takes some time. But didn't we, Jenny, didn't we start to see about six months, we started to see a tremendous change start to happen in the way they thought about themselves and and healing coming and all that stuff. But then the Lord spoke to me once when I was in prayer meeting and he says, warn that person, it's a woman, warn her, the enemy is out to separate her because her life's changing. And so I met with her and I said, listen, uh, I don't know what's going on, but I'm warning you, the devil is not afraid necessarily of just anybody, but, but he is afraid when people renew their mind and start changing and becoming like Jesus because that is the greatest threat to his kingdom. And there is assignments to try to separate you. Oh, no, 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 I'm fine. Well, sure enough, the, 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 the seance leader that, that used to do seances with her started calling her, started emailing her with nice Nice emails kind emails gentle emails. You see that little hook that little hook of the devil so she started engaging that witchcraft person and, and Started having lunch with her and started having talks with her and of course that person. Where do you go? Oh, I'm, I'm born again now I go to church and my life is turning around Oh, but you know because she was struggling financially because she's not a prostitute anymore And we're teaching her how to believe God to get a normal job Well, but you know if you go back into that that's okay. And you just, those seeds start coming. Now, see, there was a warning from the Holy Ghost, yeah. but she decided to ignore it. Yeah. Within two months, she was back into prostitution and witchcraft. God offended the least little thing, because when that seed starts to germinate and sprout, offense will come very quickly. Yeah. You almost don't have to say nothing yeah. just to offend people, because they're primed for offense. Yeah went right back into being a prostitute and into witchcraft. And yet God was making changes because I'm I'm not saying that to be against anybody. I'm trying to say that if you'll just sit under the word long enough, it will change you. It will change you. But remember, the devil doesn't like you being changed. He wants your spirit. He doesn't want your spirit saved either, but he don't mind your spirit. He does, let me rephrase. He doesn't want anybody born again, obviously. But if you've chosen to be born again, he can't stop that. But now what he can do is work on your soul and on your body so that you never progress in the things of God, so that you're never a threat to him. God asks us for our bodies. So whenever you're doing something, whether it's for God or for your health or for the ministry or prayer, and it's hard and your body doesn't want to do it, remember Romans 12.1. Father, I'm doing this as a worship. My body, I force my body to yield now. It is not the king, it is the slave. Yes. Yes. And, I, and I worship you now with this action. Yes. And if you do that, strength will come into you to do it. What's the next verse? And don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, metamorphosized like a caterpillar to a butterfly by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And of course, we know that to renew your mind, you need the standard and pillar of truth. It's the only thing you can renew your mind with. And there's many verses that support that. One of them is Ephesians 5, where it says, washed with the water of the word. I think it's 523 or somewhere in that somewhere in that region, but it's in Ephesians 5 where it says that Jesus washes us with the water of the word. This is how we renew our minds with the word. How do you renew your mind with the word? You think about the word. If you only read the word on Sunday morning with me, then you're not gonna renew your mind. You'll only have it renewed for the little bit that you're with me. But what about reading a scripture or more than one scripture seven days a week? What about as you're working, thinking about that scripture instead of the magazine article? There's nothing wrong with the magazine article, but that's not going to renew your mind. What renews your mind is meditating on the word. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. How are you going to always speak it if you don't read it? You've got to read it. You've got to meditate on it. You've got to speak it. And it's got to be constant. Then and only then you'll be prosperous if you want to be prosperous God's way. You can be prosperous in the flesh and do it your own way with hardship. But the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes you rich, makes you prosperous, and adds no sorrow. The world system adds sorrow, but God's system doesn't add any sorrow. So if you want to be prosperous, you need to go to get in that word and meditate. Meditate. That is how you renew your mind as you meditate on things. I know I'm preaching basic stuff, but I find a lot of Christians, they'll say amen, but they don't live it. They don't live it, Jenny. They're more interested in their Chatelaine magazine or their, or their field and stream if you're a fisherman, or what, what, is the, what are the other ones? The, 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 the ones that have all the home renovations that pass in H. What's it called? House and home. Some people know more of the house and home than they do the scripture. Is there anything wrong with house and home? No. Is there anything wrong with some magazines and not all? Guys, are you listening to me? So a believer reading Maxim, if you don't know what Maxim is, that's a good thing. But Maxim is basically a soft version of porn, because all it has is girls in skimpy outfits. And I said, now, brother, you know, you you don't have to, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. But if Jesus sat with you, would he watch, would he look at that magazine? And they said, well, I don't know. (laughs) Well, if you don't even know, if Jesus would look at soft porn, it tells me all I need to know about you. Now, mind you, this person was barely saved, if that. So I can't make it sound like they were really strong in the Lord. But they were they were certainly interested and they were kind of in that early phase of where they had to renew their mind. And people have to learn certain things shouldn't go into your eyes Certain movies should just not be watched But it's reality pastor just because there's witchcraft reality doesn't mean I watch poltergeist Just because sex is in the earth doesn't mean I should watch people fornicating and committing adultery Just because guns exist doesn't mean I should watch people getting their heads blowed off and the movies today are very different to the ones years ago because there's the spirit of the world that is thicker on those things. And so your spirit, if you'll meditate on the word and just say, Father, I want to wash my mind with your, word, the Holy Ghost will quicken you. Yes. He will show you. I don't want you to watch it. If you don't know why, don't argue with him and watch it and grieve him. Just say, yes, sir. We're in a very perilous time. There are so many things that are trying to vie for our attention and for our righteousness. We're made righteous instantly when we get born again. But there are paths, plural, of righteousness, according to Psalm 23. And the second form of righteousness is actually called holiness. It is a lifestyle of honoring God. You are instantly made clean when you got saved, instantly righteous. But then there is a a progression of righteousness or holiness that you're only going to get into if you renew your mind with the word. Otherwise you won't even be able to tell the difference between what's right and wrong and sinners don't know hardly the difference between right and wrong anymore yeah. Especially in our society when they talk to you about 42 genders yeah. Yeah. Do, you, do you understand where we live on, I emailed somebody about something recently they use a business thing and and they responded to me And when they said their name was a woman and in brackets beside her name, it says she comma her I, what is that? I don't understand what that is. Yeah. Yeah. So I asked my staff member, trustee Lorraine, because she's a she and a her. Yeah. And I said, Lorraine, what is this? I don't understand this. And she says, oh, yes. Uh, one, of our, one of our members in our church that works with uh, a television company, they had a big meeting. And now everybody, because of the gender thing, has to put in brackets what your gender is so that if you want people to call you they, yes. you can put they or them. My, my, my brothers and sisters, listen to me. We are living in an asinine world. This is, this is so far beyond logic, beyond reason. This is a, Bible calls it a great delusion. This is a great deception that has come upon the people. And you all have to live in that. At least I get to come here and I know that he's a boy. And I know that Taylor's a girl. I mean the opposite, sorry. I'm thinking Taylor. I said, I know that he, and I pointed to him as a boy. You're making trouble now. And I said, I know that she, that's Lorraine, is a girl. That was not the right time to mix it up. That was, that was, that was really bad. I know that, let me just say the names, I know that Taylor is a boy, and Lorraine's a girl, and Reverend Greg is a boy. I'm I'm making fun, I'm making light, but this is not a light issue, this is not a light subject. And I get to come in here and have normalcy, but you're in the darkness of the world. And I'm not telling you to cause waves. I'm not telling you to fight. I'm not telling you You've got to be led by your spirit and how you handle these things. But I'm just saying, you know, society is on its way to hell. We are being prepared for the Antichrist. And the Bible says the Antichrist will be a vehement homosexual. Why do you think this is happening? It's because the stage is being set for the Antichrist, and he is a rabid homosexual. You can read it in the Bible. No affection for women of the opposite sex at all. So why? He's going to have a one world government, and he's going to be, in, he's going to be that. I'm not against any human being, but I am against what the Bible calls sin. And do you know, I don't say who, but do you know that we have at least one, I'm not sure, maybe more, but we have at least one homosexual that got born again, got freed by the power of God in our church right here today in the service. That Jesus came and washed him with his precious blood, took that demon spirit out of his mind that told him that he wanted to have sex with the opposite, with with the same gender and cleansed and washed him and put, rechanged his hormones, put the right what God created him when he was born as a normal man. And he sits here and he's happily married. And when we do our homosexual talk in the the waging war, he's going to be one of our guests on the panel to talk from a real life perspective that you can be free. Because they won't tell you out there that you can be free because they believe that it's that's who they are When God made you a boy He put hormones in you to be a boy and demon spirits have such power that they can actually change the way you feel They can change the way you think they can affect you and manipulate and pervert the devil perverts Well when people stand before God, they're not going to be standing as a they they're not going to be standing as one of the 42 genders. They're going to be not going to be standing, well, I was born this way. God's going to say, I made you this way. And you're going to give an answer for the way I made you. And oh, I shiver in my boots for them on that day. I'm not trying to be provocative. I'm trying to say we're living in a very dark society. And we have to hold a standard. We have to hold it. If you don't renew your mind, you're not even going to know what that standard is. I heard one of our young people, a teenager, tell another teenager a little while ago that uh, abortion, there's nothing wrong with abortion. That is why the Holy Ghost prompted me to do the waging war, because abortion is anti the Bible. To take a child in the womb and to murder that child is exactly what it is. Murder. And for a 15 year old in our church, Greg, to say to another 15 year old, there's nothing wrong with abortion shows me something is wrong. And I need to teach these young people. There is something wrong with racism. There is something wrong with abortion. There is something wrong with premarital sex. There is something wrong with thinking that you're another gender when God made you such. You see, you call me old school. It's not old school or new school or any other kind of school. It's called the pillar of truth. I'm still on my theme, renewing your mind. If you don't renew your mind to the Word, then society will conform you into their mold and tell you what to think. Trudeau doesn't tell me what to think. And neither does the judge and neither does the school teacher and neither does the psychiatrist God tells me what to think My job is simply to tell you what God tells you That's right. I'm the FedEx delivery boy. I don't have creative thought. I'm a delivery boy I'm not trying to come up with a new doctrine. I'm a delivery boy In this church you will hear whether it's popular or not popular what the Bible says. And I can't always get it out in one sermon. And that's why we're here every week, because there's so much to talk about. I'm just saying, I'm giving you little snippets of examples, but I'm trying to hammer the point home. You've got to renew your mind with the word in our society more than ever before. You've got to understand the way God thinks. You will only please him if you think his way. And his way is usually the polar opposite to what you see in the news, what you see in the social media, what you see in the celebrities, what you see in politics. More often than not, it's the opposite of that. So whatever they're doing, just do the opposite. And usually you'll be right. Are you with me? I don't know if you're with me, but anyway, I'm not gonna be conformed, put into their mold by this world, but I'm gonna be transformed, changed, and metamorphosized as my mind is renewed so that I may be in the perfect will of God. Because if I'm not in a renewed mind, I'll the best be in His permissive will. And I won't have the life that God had planned for me. I'll have some things, but not all things. So if I can just remind you what I had said last week Number one is I I just gave you some points if you weren't here I'm just going to quickly repeat them is that it's not it's you're not renewed until it reaches your lifestyle It's not parroting a bunch of words when your lifestyle changes in a certain area, you know, your mind is renewed Well, how do I know if I've renewed mind? What does your lifestyle look like? If you still hate people, you're not renewed in your mind about the love walk If you're not tithing, you're still not renewed in your mind about tithing if you're still racist, you're not renewed in your mind about you're not renewed in your mind about that subject. Okay. If you're struggling with sexual deviance, you're not renewed in your life. whatever your lifestyle dictates. You're not renewed in that area, or you are renewed in that area, depending. Right. That's right. Very easy. So if you want to know how you how do you know if I'm renewed, look at your lifestyle. That's that's as simple as it. That's it's not hard. If we can just get you close. Look with me quickly in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, please. If I can just get you close. (laughs) A little while ago, Reverend Greg, I said, Lord, do I yell too much at the people? (laughs) Because I watch, I never watch myself, ever. But I watched myself once and I thought, dear God, (laughs) do I yell that much? But it's the anointing that comes on me. But when I'm watching, the anointing's not on me. And so I kind of like, mm, and I thought, oh, my God. So I prayed. I said, Lord, do I, do I yell too much at the people? Do I get too aggressive? I want you to know what the Holy Ghost so, He showed me something. He said, in, listen carefully. He said, there's a middle of the road, son. And there's a ditch on either side. And then there's a solid line. You know the solid line before you get on the gravel? He said, sometimes you veer over to that line. And then sometimes you veer over to the other line. But he said, you don't get in the ditch or my spirit would check you. Now listen, he said, I said, well, do you want me not even to be on the edge of that line? He said, for what is coming? It's important that the people people get familiar and comfortable with boldness. And some if you're just real calm and sweet sometimes you just stay right in the middle But sometimes the Holy Ghost wants to ruffle some feathers and he needs things to be said And so we're not into error We're not into a ditch But you kind of you can get a little bit bolder on some things and then you're back to the middle Then you're a little bit less bold and a little bit weaker on other things and then you're back to the middle He said because of what's coming What's coming we already see a lot what's coming but there's more there's more darkness coming Dr. Sumrall said before the rapture, bestiality that is humans having sex with animals will be a common practice and accepted. And we are starting to see it. Yes, I won't get into it because there's children here, but we are starting to see it. Yes. That bestiality thing is on the it, 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 is, it is it is it is exploding yeah. on the dark web, exploding. Twenty, 15 years ago when I worked at customs and part of my job because they, they rotate you. I like the heroin and the cocaine detail because, you know, I want the officers to stay clean. So if you put me on it, then I won't be sniffing it. And if you put them on it, they might be sniffing it. But then they said, come off the cocaine detail and go onto the porn detail. So I did the first day. And uh, on my first day, I'm watching uh, two little three-year-olds being raped. And I turned the TV off and I went to my supervisor and I said, I refuse this detail. She says, if you refuse, I fire you. I said, on religious conscience, I cannot look at this. She said, it's your job and you will look at it or I will fire you. And the anointing came on me. Thank God for the anointing. See, the anointing for righteousness will come on you. Jesus loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, he was anointed more than his fellows. The anointing came on me and I got like a bulldog. I got turned into another person and I went right nose to nose. I said, you listen. I won't say her name, but I said, now you listen to me. I said, union or no union, I'll take you to the Supreme Court and don't yeah. think I won't. Yeah, very good. I said, if I was a Muslim, you'd be backing down. But because I'm a born again believer, you think you can push me around? You think you can push me around? I said, come here closer to me. Mm. And I was bold, man. Yeah. And she was a big woman, mm. big woman. No, she was a big woman. I mean, she's probably 500 pounds and she's about 6'5". Oh, no. She crushed me with, with one hand, I mean. She's taller than me and she's bigger than me. And I said, now you come up closer to me, put your nose right on my nose and I'll talk to you a little bit more. I mean, that anointing of boldness came on me. I said, go ahead, make my day. Mm. Take me to the, take me to the union. I said, I'll take you all the way up to the highest court of man and I'll win. I said, if I was a Muslim, you'd back down. But because I'm a Christian, you think you can push me around? What, because I don't blow up buses? You think you can push me around? I said, go ahead and push a little bit harder and see what happens to you. And she, just, she backed up like this. The anointing will cause people to back up. Not the flesh, the anointing. Well, I'll have to go talk to the supervisor. I said, go talk to the supervisor and take your time. I'm going on, a, I'm going on an extended lunch break because you've made me upset. In fact, I'm taking the rest of the day off because you made me upset. And you're, and you're not going to dock my pay for it. I mean, I got do of ornery with her. She came back and said, "Uh, "I talked to the supervisor, and based on religious conscience, we can move you back to cocaine." (laughs) Praise God! (laughs) I'm not saying I like cocaine. I'm not saying that. I'm I'm saying that that to package cocaine and arrest people for cocaine is not against my conscience. That's right. But to look at people being raped and 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 what I'm telling you there was a whole there was a whole stack that I had to go through Because there are there are divisions that there's checklists that you have to look at and there was a whole stack of dvds about this high Probably 40 dvds of bestiality and I had to determine if it's illegal bestiality or legal bestiality and there is a difference And I won't get into it. You don't want to know the differences And i'm talking and this was 15 years ago it is exploding, it is exploding. Because let me tell you, when you welcome the door to an unclean spirit, it starts with Maxim, it moves to, to, play, and to Penthouse and Playboy, it moves to Fifty Shades of Grey and all that nonsense and domination and, 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 and all, what do you call it, uh, bondage and all that stuff. It moves to fantasizing, it, and, and the de- demons are never satisfied. So an unclean spirit will push you to go further, push you to go further. And, and you'll never be able to satisfy the lust of a demon that is operating through your flesh. Yeah. But if you close your flesh, they can't get in. But if you open the door, they'll start influencing you. Yeah. Men, are you listening to me? Yeah. If you're struggling with it in any, and I know by the spirit of God that there is a man in here. In fact, I know where you're sitting and I'm not going to point you out by the word of knowledge. Because yeah. he didn't tell me to. But you, you better deal with that. Yeah, It'll can. open the door to hell in your life you can never satisfy a demon. It will keep pushing you and pushing you and pushing you and pushing you. And And once you're past the heterosexual thing, it will push you to other types of sex with other types of genders. And once you, it can't satisfy that demon. And once you've done that, it will push you to other species. And Dr. Sumrall prophesied before Jesus comes back, this will be, this will be a a thing in society that is not shocking anymore. It's shocking to us today, but it's, but see, society is now, you remember this weird f- f- craze that went a little while ago where people would dress up as animals, furries. I, don't, I haven't heard any furries lately. We've been binding the devil on that. But, you know, people would dress up as animals and you couldn't tell them that they weren't an animal. If I'm a camel, then you have to call me a camel. But you see, but you see what that does, that demon spirit in society is lowering the human existence to that of an animal. Why? It's part of a strategy. If you can accept people as animals, then you can accept people having sex with animals. Do you see how dangerous this is? I know know I'm offending some of you because I can tell by your eyes. But listen, uh, you want to go to a dead church that just tells you to just do whatever you want and do whatever feels good. And we don't want your money and you can have sex with whatever you want. And we just want you to come and make friends. I want you to come and I want you to make friends, but I want you to understand that in a darkened society that is trying to conform you, you've got to renew your mind as to truth and lie, right and wrong, righteousness and lawlessness. And there is a divide. There is a divide. If you don't like it, then this is not your church because Dr. Sumrall was my spiritual grandpa. And he came on and he imparted to Dr. Dufresne, he was pretty bold himself. Then he's imparted to me and those men are in heaven, part of a cloud of witnesses watching me. And I'm not going to stand before Jesus who I care about more than them and hold my head, hang my head on that great day and say I was concerned about the faces of the people. Saul said, I was worried about the people. And so the people told me. And so I went. And I did this, remember? He said, kill everything. And the people said, take him for ransom. Don't sacrifice the best, offer it to God. But God said, sacrifice everything, kill everything. Yeah. And he said, I listened to the people. And, and Samuel said, and because you've done that, you've lost the anointing. Yeah. 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 And the kingdom was stripped from him and given to David. Are you listening to me? Yeah. People, That list, leaders that listen to the mob. That listen to the television that listen to the congregation that listen to the people will lose the anointing I'm not ever gonna lose it because I could personally care less what the people think My job is to tell you and if you want to hear it you'll come and if you don't you don't But I'm telling you there are hungry people in Toronto reverend Sandra that want the truth And they're tired of willy-dilly preachers trying to cover everything and sweep it under the rug and, and not call a spade a spade Without political correct society, I've got to be very careful because we're on live stream. But thank God they go after Reverend Greg before me. Praise God, that's all I have to say. Luke 19. Luke 19, 41, real quick. And when he was come near, he beheld, they're not gonna go after him because I'm not doing anything illegal. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong to your peace. Yes. But now they are hid from your eyes, for the day shall come upon thee that thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee. He's talking about 70 A.D. when the Romans came. And he's prophesying the future now. Years into the future, decades into the future, and compass thee round about and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay that thee even with the ground and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another. And that's what the Romans did. Yes. Watch the sentence now. Because, because, why did all this calamity happen? Because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. He said in the second briefings verse 42, he said, you didn't know the things that belong to your peace in that day, which means if you recognize the visitation, you would have peace. Your life would go right. Now, visitation means bishop. If you study it, in the original language, it is the Greek word episcope, which means bishop. Yeah. It means literally pastor or fivefold office holder, specifically the pastor. Yeah. Do you understand what this is saying? When people miss the time of their visitation, what, what God is saying to us through that verse today. Pastor Nancy wrote a whole book on it yeah. called The Visitations of God. Yes. It's about the office of the pastor. Listen to me. God will visit you privately. Absolutely. In your prayer closet. But in a public gathering where there's a corporate anointing and there's an office that is preaching to you, in this case, me, that office, that bishop, that fivefold minister is your visitation from God. People say to me, I want a visitation from God. Scripturally, show up to church. That's right. If you'll come to church, you'll have a visitation, not just from the presence and the glory and all those wonderful things, which we're believing God for more of. But when the minister in an office stands up to proclaim and to utter and to preach under an anointing from that office, according to Luke 1944, that office, that bishop is your visitation. Jesus was their office. He was telling them what to do to have peace. They disregarded and they had great loss. In our society, it's the same thing. An office stands to before you and proclaims the word to tell you things that relate to your peace. If you disregard it, it is on your head because you've missed the time of your pastor. God was visiting through the office. God visits sometimes directly with a cloud or directly in your prayer closet, but he loves to visit in a corporate facility. He loves to come through offices. He loves to visit through pastors and prophets and evangelists and teachers and apostles. When when the preacher's preaching to you, you need to have reverence for it. Because it's not just me coming up with a bunch of ideas. God is visiting his people through that office. After Jesus died and rose in Ephesians 4, and it says he took captivity captive, that means he led a train of vanquished foes because he defeated all of hell and all the grave and every demon and every sickness. And the very first thing he did after sitting down on that throne and proclaiming his kingship in heaven, the first thing according to scripture is he gave you a pastor. The first thing he did is he gave gifts unto men. He gave you an apostle and a prophet and an evangelist and a pastor and a teacher. The first thing he did, Dan, after he rose triumphant king of kings and lord of lords as he said now i've I've accomplished all but they don't know it it's not going to help them if they don't know it i know it the people in heaven know it but they don't know it and there's the devil there to try to deceive them about it so the first thing i'm going to do is to give them somebody that i can anoint to teach them what i've done for them so i'm going to give you an office which is why the devil hates offices. He hates church. He hates ministers and pastors. He wants you to call me coach. He wants you to call me, hey, you. He wants you to call me, hey, buddy. I'm not insecure. You can call me Craigie Wagy for all I care. I don't, I'm not insecure, I know who I am, but what, what I'm trying to protect is the honor of the office, which is why I don't need you from my insecurity to say pastor, but, but you need it, I don't. You need to say pastor Craig, I don't need you to say it. In fact, sometimes I wish you wouldn't say it because it feels so formal and I'm kind of a comfortable guy most of the time, but there's an honor. You need to maintain honor because if you can't respect the office, God visits through offices, hold a high esteem for offices because you'll miss visitations. If you don't, you'll miss times of your peace. When Randy comes on November 14th to 17th, five services, when he comes, he stands as a bona fide by Kenneth Hagan himself, a bona fide office of the prophet. Yeah. And he is coming to speak and God will visit us through him. Yeah. Have high esteem for that. Yeah. Yeah. You should be coming as much as you come on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a shame after 18 months of upheaval and we have a prophet in town for you to just sit and say, I'm too lazy to go. I'm going to watch live stream. Yeah. Present your bodies. Yes. As a sacrifice. Lord, it's a sacrifice to go. Yes. But I, you're going to visit me yes. through that office. Yes. I'm going to make the effort. And the only way I'm not going to be sitting in that chair is if Lorraine says we've got too many people. Yes. And then I'll have the next service. But out of all five services, you all should be here at least once, if not twice, if not three times. Right. Now, we have to say this, Brother Gary, because, you know, even, even in, in the church we went to before, when, when, not, when these offices would come, there's always a certain group that come and a certain group that don't. Because they haven't been taught about their visitation, we have to. We haven't had. We have had guest speakers, and well, well, since Randy, Randy's the bookend speaker. He was the last, and he was the first. He's the alpha and the omega. Small a and small o. He was, he preached a week before COVID started, and he's coming in November. I guess God used him as the bookends. But now, I need we haven't had it in so long. I have to get you to renew your mind now, again, to, to honor those visitation offices, because God will speak. He will speak. Praise God. You know, somebody said to me the other day, I didn't understand anything in your sermon. That always makes you feel good. I said, where is this going? Where's this conversation headed? I don't understand hardly anything that you said, but you said one statement and they repeated the statement and they said, I don't know what it was about that statement, but a light bulb went on in my mind. And since that moment, I've understood what faith means. So it shows me that it, you don't have to be understanding every little thing and every little nuance and not every statement is going to land in some dramatic way. But if you just be faithful, God will visit you through what's preached. And it might be the most obscure statement. That you might not even realize that that's even important but something just explodes on the inside of you yes. Yes. hallelujah I, i'm off my subject material but it's 11 and i'll be done very soon but anyway i wanted to remind you that if we just keep you close you'll have a visitation yes. praise god number one it's got to reach your lifestyle number two you got to stay close to get that visitation from god number three the more your mind is look let me rephrase, read this for you may be saved, but if your mind is never renewed, your life will look like your unsaved neighbors. Yes. If your life looks too much like theirs, it shows that you're not renewed. You're still born again. They're not, but your spirit's born again. The rest of you isn't. It yeah. takes time to submit your body. It takes time to renew your mind. The more your body is submitted and your mind is renewed, the more you look like Jesus. And the more dominion you'll have over the devil. Praise God. Remember, Dad Hagen said, the mind doesn't stay renewed any more than the hair stays combed. Just because you renewed your mind on tithing 10 years ago doesn't mean that you still have that revelation now. You have to continually renew your mind on basic things all the time. Where's Deanne Allen? She's back sitting, right? Where is she? She's out with the baby's Zara. Deanne says to me on a somewhat regular basis, and it made me nervous at first. She'd say, Pastor, nothing you can ever do will offend me. But I know sometimes when people say that a lot, it means they are offended. So they're trying to pull themselves out of the ditch. So I started getting nervous when she'd say that. When I asked her once, I said, have I offended you? Is that why you're saying that? And she said, no, I just want you to know nothing you can ever do will offend me. And, and I, I went to the Lord about that and I said, Lord, why does she say that to me as much as she does? Are you listening? The Lord spoke to me. He said, because she's renewing her honor for you on a regular basis. It's not that she's struggling with offense, although some people do talk that way when they are struggling, but it is something she is holding precious to her heart, that she is trying to let you know, let the devil know, let her soul know, let her husband know, let her kids know, let anybody with an earshot know, I am in covenant and nothing you can do will offend me because God put me with you, and unless you start, stop following Jesus that's the only thing that's going to cause me to back away. Yeah. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. If I follow Christ, I'm in covenant. I'm with you. Yes. 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 Amen. See, that's a wisdom in renewing the mind by speaking certain things. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I'm not saying that all of you should do that. I'm just saying uh, when you renew your mind about things, your, your mouth is going to get in line yeah. because when your mind is renewed, you've meditated and it's in your heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, you speak. Yeah. So when your mind is renewed, one way you can tell is not just does your life look different to your unsaved neighbors, but what you're talking, what you're saying changes. Amen. It lines up with that renewed mind. Amen. Are you still with me? Yes. So number three, uh, we want to have a renewed mind not to look like the world. You're not going to have the same problems, look through the same issues that all your unsafe friends do. If your mind's renewed, you're going to be changed. Yeah. Number four, uh, you don't have to just think whatever thought comes into your mind. You need to learn to be a door slammer. I tell my kids at home, don't you slam that door. But when it comes to your mind, be a door slammer. Just because a thought comes does not mean that you have to think it. Just because you conjure your own thought does not mean that you have to think it. Just because the devil throws a thought or a person throws a thought or society throws a thought doesn't mean you have to think it. You are the the dominator of your own thoughts. This is a a very, maybe I'm not emphasizing, I emphasized it more last week, but this is a very serious point. You don't just have to think whatever thought comes. Thought comes, fear comes, you don't have to think it just because you came up with it. You've got to filter your thoughts based on the word. If your mind is renewed to the word, you'll find that you will reject many thoughts and you will slam the door on it. Praise Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And by the way, if you've got a thought that's banging on you, You don't have to put up with that, but at least rejoice because the thought's not in you The devil's banging on you from the outside He's trying to get in but he can't get in because if he got in he'd stop banging Do you understand? When I have thoughts about fear come they'll bang Now if I yield to it and I start thinking that way the banging stops But now it's in me now I've got a bigger problem now I've got to get it out But when I just when I just stand my ground and say no you don't No you don't No at least it shows me that that thought's not in me that's a good thing. Yes. But I shouldn't have to put up with banging for the rest of my life either. So when I speak to it and I say, no, you don't, you be quiet, devil. And then I get into the presence of God, that, that banging stops. Yes. So just because you're under attack, yes, you shouldn't always be under attack. But rejoice because the fact that you're under attack shows that he's not winning. Yeah. That's right. Do you understand? Yes. Very good. Yeah. Praise God. Let me make a statement number five. So number four is slam doors. Don't just think whatever thought that comes. Number five is the only sway the devil has over us is because of wrong thinking. I'm not afraid of the devil, but the devil has no access and no inroad to me except my wrong thoughts and my flesh. When my body is not submitted and my mind is not renewed, there's a crack. He will exploit that crack and come in and call. People go to the insane asylum because they don't think right. It starts with not thinking right, and then they get overtaken, and then they lose their mind. The devil will lose sway over you if you think right. How do you think right? Renew your mind with the word. Don't be so devil conscious, uh, casting down 2 Corinthians 10, 5, every thought that violates the word of God, that every thought that exalts up against Jesus and against the knowledge of God, against the word of God, I have a right and I'm commanded to cast that thought down. I've got to bring thoughts into subjection. Just because it comes does not mean it's my thought. Just because a bird flies over your head doesn't mean uh, that that's your bird. Now, if the bird comes and nests in your hair, Dad Hagen would say, and you let it make a nest in your hair, then I guess you've welcomed that bird. There's a lot of thoughts that come. That doesn't mean you've sinned because the thought comes. But when that thought settles and you engage it and you nurture it and you let it make a nest in your mind, then, then you've crossed that line. You don't have to just because the thought comes, tell it, fly on, thought, fly on. I'm not thinking that thought. That's not my thought. Even if it came from my unregenerated part of my soul, I reject that. I will not think that thought about fear. I will not think that fear about the vaccine or fear about the mask or fear about this or fear about the, this or, or about money or about my job or about my partner or about what's going to happen with my kids. Are they going to turn out right? I will not think those thoughts of fear. I have a right to speak to those thoughts and command them to stop and they will obey me. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Praise God. I can tell some of you are getting a little tired, but that's okay. It's 1157. I'm almost done. Why do you think the enemy shows up? Scripturally, why does he show up in you? To steal the word. Quickly, Mark 4, and then we'll close. I had some more to talk to you about, but I'll get to it another time. Mark chapter 4. The enemy comes because of the word. I'm going to read you Jesus's uh, explanation. The first part of the chapter is with a parable, but verse 14, he starts talking about the definition of the parable. Read verse 13. Know ye not this parable? How then will you know all parables? In other words, this is the most important parable of all. You better understand this parable, you won't understand anything. The sower sows the word. You are your own sower when you study the word at home, and I am the sower in a public venue. And Brother Copeland, if you're listening to Pastor Nancy, whoever is feeding you the Word is the sower. You are your own sower. The Word is what we're after because it's the only thing that changes our thought patterns. But these are they which fall by the wayside, verse 15, where the Word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the Word that was sown in their hearts. He's waiting. As soon as you end the service, he's watching. His goal is to steal that word, steal that revelation, because revelation produces faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the revealed word of God. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So the devil knows, I can't let them win. So I've got to stop them from getting revelation, which means I've got to stop the word, which means when the word comes, I've got to steal it real quick. If you get home and your partner asks you, what did Pastor Craig preach? And you can't give at least one point. It shows me that before you even got home, he stole it from you. It's but listen, it's all based on heart condition. If you've got a hungry, open heart, then your heart's not hard. Then the seed goes in. And when that devil comes, the Bible calls him a bird. When that bird comes looking for that seed, can't find it because it's inside the soil. So really, it's hard hearted people, stubborn people, proud people. I know it all you don't know how long I've been a Christian. I know more than the pastor. I'm a minister or I've been around a long time or I've got a PhD or I've got this or I've got that. I don't really need anybody to teach me. Hard hearted people that are not learners. You're in danger of that seed being stolen very quickly because it's on the hard ground that he takes it quickly. Then the next one can you read it with me? We're almost done. And then these are those that are sown likewise, which are sown on stony ground, verse 16, who's, who They when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. These are people that say amen. Yes. These are people that go into the parking lot and go, wasn't that a great message pastor preached? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. But just, be- <laughs> but just because they're carrying on, about gladness for the word, uh, they could be stony people. Yeah. Not stoned, just stony. Stony people. What does that mean? That means something is in there. So there's an obstruction. And you know what that obstruction is called? Offense. There's offense hiding beneath the soil. Yes, They're easily given to offense. The stones are offense. Stony ground, uh, keep reading with me. Where are we now? Verse 16. Uh, Who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it, but have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time. But afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. When the preacher says something they don't like. When, when, when I step on the toes of their little holy cow. Whatever that holy cow is. When somebody at work mocks them. That's called persecution. When pressure financially comes, and well, I don't, I, I, they're taking my money, and it, and all these thoughts start coming, yes. about the church and about what our purpose is. Yes. Now they were very glad, and they were saying glory, when I preached it. But now, very quickly, they're offended. Don't be, don't be a stony person, and don't be a hard-hearted, know-it-all person, because you'll lose the word; won't even get in you. And then the next one, verse eighteen, and these are they which are sown among thorns. Now, listen, they've already passed test one, their heart's open. They've passed test two, they're not offended. But they've got another problem. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, entering in chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, listen, this word cares has a twofold Greek meaning. One, it means worries and anxieties. And how many people are given to that? I'm worried about this. I'm worried about it. If you do that, it'll choke faith. You're not offended, but you're worried all the time. Yeah. You're a thorny person. Yeah. But cares, honey, doesn't just mean worry and anxiety and fear. It also means distraction. Yeah. Cares has a double-edged sword to it. It's a, it's a word that has two meanings in the Greek. It means somebody that is always afraid and nervous and anxious and, and, and fearful about things. If you're, fe- if you're given to fear and anxiety... You will have the word fail in your life. It won't work. It will be choked out with the thorn. You may not be offended, but you're nervous all the time yeah. Yeah. about your masks and about this and about the economy and about the. Just calm down and get in faith. Yeah. Right. But if you're also distracted, you might not be worried, but you're always yeah. busy, yeah. busy, busy, busy. Can never focus. You can never be faithful. You can never just stay put. Yeah. People that are nervous and always, always anxious and people that are distracted are the cares. Yes. And then now we got to, I, I hope you're learning something. And then it says now, and, and it says, and the deceitfulness of riches, meaning you think money is going to solve all your problems. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, money solves a lot of problems. Nice to have money when you need to go and buy something. But money can't get you favor. Money can't get you healed. It can just get you into the medical thing and sometimes they can't help you. Yeah. There's a lot of things money can't do, but faith can do anything. When you start thinking that all your problems are solved with money, you're being choked. It's a thorn to choke you. Money is a tool, it is not God. We are not lustful for it, we are not greedy, and we are not deceived thinking it's the only purpose and it's the only solution in life. It is one tool and only one. God does the rest. Yes. And what's the last one? Lusts of other things. What that word means is longing what is for, for it is forbidden. Lust means to long for something forbidden. When God says, "Don't touch my tithe," then you long for it. You better be careful; you're thorny. When you want to look at the opposite sex, but you're married and you're longing for something, you better be careful. When you uh, it's forbidden to lie, but you're longing to do that. It's, you know, there's a lot of things that are forbidden in the Scripture, but if you start to long for it and try to find a way to get that into your life, you receive the word. You weren't offended. You weren't distracted. You weren't anxious. You with me all, on all these points? Look Look at how many tests that you've passed. You haven't been deceived that money is the big kahuna. You've passed five tests. But all of a sudden, there's one more. There's one more. A longing for something that God says, no. But I just want everybody to like me, so I'm going to accept that there's 42 genders. No. But I, I don't any want anybody to make me upset, so it's okay. I'll tell the gay people that God loves them anyway. No! You tell them God loves them, but if they don't repent, they don't go to heaven. You tell the same thing to the sweet old grandmother that makes you apple pie. That's true. Yes. That's right. Who lives a good lifestyle. You don't get born again, you don't go. do That's right. Do you understand? A longing for what is forbidden will destroy the word in your life. Jesus says, pay attention. Now, if you pass all six tests, do you remember what the tests were? What was the first one? Teachableness, humility, soft heart. What was the second one? Offense. What was the third one? Do you remember? The cares. What does that mean? You pass distraction, you pass anxiety. Yeah. What's the fourth one? You pass the fact that, that this, uh, the money is the big, it's everything that in your mind is money, 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 money. Deceitfulness of riches. Yeah. What's the next one? The lust, for wanting things that God says, no. No, you don't touch that. No, you don't go there. No, you don't look at that. No, you don't talk to that. No, you don't. You don't watch that movie. You don't do those things. When you pass these tests, the word goes into the Bible, says, good, dark, rich soil. And it brings forth, it produces fruit in your life, depending on your faith, 30-fold, 60-fold, or even up to 100-fold based on your faith. Some people may have a hundredfold harvest of the word because they really believe and other people only partially believe So they may have a tenfold harvest or a fifteenfold harvest or a thirtyfold harvest, but you'll all get a harvest based on your faith But I was I just I'm grateful that you're just in the harvest category that you're that you've passed the tests I'm trying to renew your mind because the reason why the devil attacks the word The reason he brings all these pressures, these six tests, is because he doesn't want you to reap 30, 60, 100 volt. He doesn't want the kingdom going forward. He doesn't want you thinking right. He's only concerned when you think right. He loses power over you when you think right. So he will fight the word all day long because it's the word that will make you think right. So he'll fight the local church and he'll fight you to get offended and he'll try to get you out and he'll try to separate you. He's on a mission. Why? It's for the word. He doesn't necessarily hate me. He hates the word. He knows the word will change you. So he fights to keep you away from the word. Keep you away from your prayer closet, away from your study time and away from church. Because God forbid that the word comes in and God forbid that they pass six tests. Because if they do, his kingdom is in big trouble. That's why there's an assault against the word. That's why, because he knows the renewing of the mind causes them to lose sway. Praise God. Father, I thank you in Jesus name. For your mighty word that is going into good soil. I declare over this congregation that they are soft-hearted, humble, learning people, not know-it-alls with hard hearts. I declare over them, Father, that they are not having distractions or anxieties as the cares of this world. I declare over them, Father, in Jesus' name, that the, that, uh, the, lust, the, the, the lust of other things, this forbidden stuff, is not part of their life. That this deceitfulness of riches is not part of their life. That, Father, they are hungry, humble, honest-hearted people that recognize if I can just submit my body and renew my mind, oh my, I'll have such power with God and with man. Oh, my whole life will look different, feel different. My health will be different. My finances will be different. My marriage will be different. My children will be different. The kingdom of God will go forth in my life and I will help it go forth in Mississauga. The devil is after the word because he doesn't want my mind renewed because he's afraid that if my mind is renewed, I'll be a threat. So Father, I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to guard against the hard soil, the rocky soil and the thorny soil. I'm going to keep an open heart and I'm going to receive the word. And I'm going to let it get down on the inside of me. I'm going to meditate day and night. I'm going to renew my mind and not let the world tell me what I should think. But I'm going to let God tell me what I should think. And I'm going to have a transformed life and a new way of thinking and a body that is presented and a spirit that is strong. And I will be like my Savior in the earth. I will bring the kingdom of God to this world. I will do my part in the body of Christ. Father, this is why the devil persecutes for the word because he doesn't want the mind renewed. We've got to fight tooth, nail and claw to stay with the word and to keep an open heart so that our mind and thought patterns change. So that society and CBC News and the Prime Minister and the celebrities and the magazines and the social media and all the other voices, they don't conform us to their way of thinking. But we are transformed into God's way of thinking by the renewing of our mind. With the word of truth, the pillar of truth for society and our hearts receive it and our hearts pass these tests so that it will bear 30 60 and 100 fold father this is what i'm preaching to them today we live in a perilous society we live in dangerous times but the renewed mind the submitted body and the and the made alive spirit will circumvent this minefield that we're in and we'll walk in victory and in truth and in righteousness. And we will please our master. And when he says to us, you, you lived in one of the most perilous times in history. But you know what? I'm proud of you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Father, I'm waiting to hear those words by my master. Because I'm not going to yield. I'm going to think God's thoughts, even in a darkened world. And I'm going to please the one who called me. And I thank you that these folks in their hearts are saying, yes, that's what I want. and That's what I'm going to do too. In Jesus, 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 precious name. Father, we're on a quest every day of our lives to renew our mind and to submit our bodies and to walk in the spirit. We're on a quest every Sunday and every service to renew our minds, to submit our bodies, and to walk in the Spirit. And that is what will bring us into victory. I give you praise and I give you honor and glory in Jesus' holy, precious, and mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen.